Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. If you'll turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, amen, the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, Gospel of Luke. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10, 1 through 10. And this morning, uh, the entitlement is launching out into the deep, launching out into the deep. I just feel within my spirit, as, as the Lord speaks, that we all just need to stay right where we are. Amen. What I mean by that is that, that God has spoken to Pastor Michael. Amen. So message-wise, we, we need to support, amen, or undergird one another. So the message this morning is just launching out into the deep. There will be some, some pictures that will be placed on the screen this morning. And it's just going to show some fishermen. Amen. I, I don't know. But uh, one of these Sunday mornings, I, I'm, you know, whenever, whenever the Lord speaks to Pastor Michael and, and I'm allowed to preach again, I, I'm going to bring a casket in here. <laughs> and I'm going to do a eulogy. I'm, I'm going to do a eulogy. A, a, amen? I'm, I'm just going to do a eulogy. And then everything that's dead, we'll bury All right. Fifth chapter, Gospel of Luke. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gisinaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. When he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little from the land, and he sat down and talked to multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Some Texas says put out, but I like launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And 
Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Amen. So this morning, launching into the deep, as I shared, this is All Saints Day, so I'm talking to all the saints that are in the house today. It's one thing that I found that we like shallows. We, we, we like shallows because in the shallows, uh, if you ever gone to the beach, some folk, you know, they'll get into the shallows and, you know, they'll walk along the beach. Shallows are a safe place because you can see your feet. You can see your feet and you can also see whatever's coming to your feet. Oh, boy, y'all a little slow this morning. I, I know when it's cold outside, it, it makes you a little, you know, a little slow catching on. But some folk just like the shallows because every step that you take, you're, you're, you're always looking down and making sure that there's nothing near your feet. You know you won't drown when you're in the shallows. Am I right about it? In the shallows, you have this assurance that you can retreat back to that familiar place where you have your safety because Understand, shallows are, are lonely and they're humdrum. It's a place where life can be dull and dreary because the shallows are void of greatness. I don't know if you're familiar with Lady Gaga. I guess not. <laughs> Let me talk to some young folk up here. <laughs> In the movie, Lady Gaga, a star is born. Y'all talk to me then, okay? A, a, a star is born. And, and Lady Gaga, she launches her, her singing career with a song about those shallows. All right, y'all, those that have not seen it, you can go get it, okay? You can probably pull it up on Netflix or something. And, and she asked her partner, she said, aren't you tired? or trying to fill that void in? Am I talking to somebody today? And she said, let's jump off the deep end. And she told him, said, watch as I dive in. We're far from the shallow now. And as we watch the movie and as the movie goes on, we'll see that she slowly overcomes her fear of failure. Now, it's clear, church, that launching out into the deep takes some courage. Hear me, Whitechapel. Hear me this morning. It takes some courage to launch out into the deep. But here we find that Luke's account here of an unplanned fishing trip on Lake Jacinarad or the Sea of Galilee, whichever one you choose to call it, it gives us much food here for thought about the difference here between living in the shallows and launching out into the deep. Luke goes on here and he paints a picture here of a typical seashore with two boats, two boats that are mired or tied to the banks after an unsuccessful day of fishing. We find here that the fishermen here, they, they were beginning to pack it in. And if I have any fishermen in the house, after you've been out in the day fishing and the sun begins to rise up, uh, you didn't catch anything, you just had a few bites, yeah, you're ready to pack it in. But here we find that they make a living out of fishing. And they have been out and they did not catch anything. So they were ready to just call it quits. 
But here we find that, that as they begin to prepare their, to clean their nets and they prepare here to, to lay them out to dry for some other day, we find who appears but Jesus. He appears on the scene and he shakes things up. That's some good news for somebody because whenever Jesus comes, he'll shake some stuff up. Am I right about it? Y'all gonna talk to me here this morning. Whenever Jesus shows up on any scene, whatever you're going through in life, he'll shake things up. And sometimes we don't like the shakeups that come. But as long as Jesus is a part of the shakeup, because he's the shaker, I know everything's going to be all right. So he comes on the scene and Jesus now, he tells Simon here to launch his boat out into the shallows, just a few feet from the shore, so that he could use his boat for a pulpit, so he could speak to this pressing crowd that had followed him. The Bible doesn't tell us what his message was about to the crowd that day. And when Jesus had finished speaking, he turned to his disciples and said, launch out into the deep. And that's where this Bible lesson takes us today. It's a lesson here about commands, excuses, and possibilities. It's about commands, excuses, and possibilities. He tells us where to go. He tells us what to do and what to expect. That's the kind of God we serve. God commands Christians to go deep. Let me say that again. God commands Christians to go deep. When Jesus told Simon here to launch out into the deep, it probably sounded foolish because the fishermen had fished all night and they come up dry with nothing. Simon knew the waters of that lake inside out. He had grown up on the lake. He knew the spawning beds, the feeding places, and the times of the tides. So Simon argued with Jesus that his command was senseless. He said, we toiled all night and came up with nothing. We worked all night long and caught nothing. So the command seemed foolish to Simon, that even though Luke wrote the gospel years later, he remembered Simon's protest. Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. I'm a fisherman. You're an itinerant preacher. Your daddy was a carpenter. So how you gonna tell me about my trade? Well, Y'all ain't catch that either. Cause you got folk in church you can't tell nothing to. I see this morning. Oh, y'all got quiet on that too. But the lesson here that Jesus taught the large crowd that day must have been very powerful because Simon responded the way that all of us need to respond when Christ commands us. Simon said, nevertheless. That's how we ought to respond to Jesus. Nevertheless, how old I've gotten, I hear what you're telling me. Nevertheless, how long I've been up here in this church, I hear what you're telling me, Lord. Nevertheless, 
how long I served on certain committees, it doesn't make any difference. I hear what you're telling me today. Nevertheless, means but if you say so, if God says so. Nevertheless is an adverb. And, and it tells the reader that something happened even though there is something that might have stopped it from happening. Nevertheless, he responded. Simon was a skilled fisherman. Skilled. He had given it his best. He couldn't give it anymore. He couldn't do anything. He was tired. He was ready to quit. He was ready to go home. Sometimes you're ready to quit. Sometimes you're ready to go home. Sometimes you don't even want to come to church. Because it seemed like the pastor preaching the same thing to us. Convinced that he had done all he could do that day. But I don't care how wise you think you are, Christ knows best. Christ would never give a command if it was a foolish command. Christ is saying to you today, repent and be baptized. And perhaps it might seem a little foolish to those who are visiting today, but Christ is no fool. And he doesn't give senseless commands. If he calls you, you should answer. Now, I know that sounds like an invitation, but I'm not through with the message yet. There's more to chew on from this biblical account. There are always excuses for going to the deep. There's always excuses. We don't have to think long to put it together. We got a litany of them. I done tried that already. I don't have time. I don't work with those people. I can't or I don't have experience. And here's a good one. They don't appreciate it. And they all sound valid. Your excuses. Because it's in our human nature to make some excuses. But excuses, church, is nothing more than assumptions based on your carnal perspectives. So when we make these kind of excuses, we're looking at the world through our natural eyes. Pastor was talking about last Sunday about focusing. Focusing. Vision. And when we make excuses, we're looking with a natural eye. And Christ wants us to expect to see the world through spiritual eyes. The notion that you will drown if you launch out into the deep is a human response. And it assumes that Jesus can no longer walk on water. Ooh. So let's look at these excuses again. I tried that already. I tried to go out witnessing to somebody. I tried to go in and bring others in the church. Well, maybe your last attempt at service failed because you didn't include Jesus. Oh, I don't have time. <laughs> maybe you don't have time because you refuse to make time for Jesus. I don't have the experience. Well, maybe your last attempt at service was weak because you refused to learn from Jesus. I can't work with those people. 
Maybe you had a hard time working with them, those people, because you forgot to bring Jesus. So, and as far as appreciation goes, your reward is not an earthly one anyway. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants a pet on the back. Yeah, excuse my vernacular. I still have a little street left. I'm not perfect yet. Everybody wants a pet on the back. Everybody wants to say, oh, that was, you did such a, a swell, great job. But that's not an earthly reward we're going to get anyway. Our well done comes from the master when it's done. And he ain't done with you yet. See, that's the problem with churches. You think he's done with you. He's not done with you yet. I don't care how much you've done, how much time you've given. He's not done with you yet. And the thing is about, it's about availability, making yourself available to the Lord. Stop putting forth a human effort. Then use an excuse, Lord, I tried. Put away those, those human reactions, those, those faithless answers, those carnal comments and attitudes. Because you know what? Jesus never fails. And then finally, faith opens the door to possibilities. We can stay in the shadows and wear it like a security blanket, afraid to launch out in the deep. Or we can put all of our trust in the Lord. It, it's hard to explain where this thing called faith comes from. Apostle Paul, he understood that faith is a mystery. It's mysterious. It's a mixture of the human and the divine. And he described it, he said, by, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So according to the scripture here, we find that, that God is the primary mover in this thing called faith. It is a gift provided through his ever-present grace. But faith also has a human element, a role that we got to play. Believing is not enough. Believing must be coupled with doing. Our fellowship with God, church, opens up the possibilities when we are willing to be used of God. So when you commit yourself to Christ, the unexpected, the miraculous happens. Look what happened to Simon, James, and John in this text. When they were willing to believe and then to do, they launched out into the deep and they had to call for another boat to come and help them land the fish that day. An empty vessel becomes full when Christ is present. An empty vessel becomes full when Christ is present. Possibilities become privileges when Jesus is present. Let me say that again. Possibilities become privileges when Jesus is present. So when we least expect it, church, God does the impossible. And all we have to do is make all the resources available for the Lord's service. There's this little story, goes like this. 
It was a Christian who was an auto mechanic. He decided to test his effectiveness of prayer. So his neighbor was taking the bus because his car needed a new battery. Every day this auto mechanic would come kneel at the altar and he would pray. God, fix my neighbor's car. And this routine went on for two weeks. Every day he watched his neighbor as he caught the bus. And finally he gave God an ultimatum. You have one more day, Lord. He made a foolish command, but and God never get. You got one more day to help him fix that car. Because if you don't fix it, I'm going to fix it. Faith requires action. And God has something for each of us to do if we will obey and just launch out into the deep. Stop coming to church and getting so comfortable. Going to your groups and, and getting so comfortable. When there's so much more out in this area for all of us to do. Not just a faithful few. It takes the church, the living organism. The body of Christ. The Bible says, we, we are not make foolish excuses for we are labors together with God. We're labors together with God. You not, might not be able to pilot the ship, but you sure can't cook for the crew. Hmm. Possibilities are endless if only you believe. You see, it's possible to assail the mountains of discouragement if only you believe. It's possible to win the victory over temptation if only you believe. It's possible to witness the overflow of defeat if only you believe. It's possible to claim the promises of God if only you believe. But you have to launch out into the deep. Get out of the shallows out of your comfort zone and uncover the deep secrets. Faith in God. Christ can erase all doubt, all questions, all skepticism, all apprehension, and all fear. If your vessel is empty, then you need to get out of the shallows. I said, if your vessel is empty, then you need to get out of the shallows. You need to launch out into the deep. If you'll obey him in faith, then your vision, once again, focusing your vision of him, praise for him, trust in him, and experience of blessings from him, it'll grow. So the greatest blessing from this message wasn't him the catching of the fish, but Peter's eyes were opened. Peter's eyes were opened, realizing that he was a sinner and doubting the master. That's the blessing from the message. Jesus threw along the blessing of the fish, but his eyes were open. And that's what's wrong with the church today. Our eyes don't want to open. And when your eyes don't open, it gets a little bleary. Pastor gave last week 
Where is God at work? Where is God at work? I have focused on the wrong thing. And sometimes that happens. We, we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on the majors and forget about the minors. But if you got God in your life, you have the majority. You have the majority. So we got to launch out. We got to come up out of here. You can't get comfortable and just sit and sit Sunday after Sunday and get what you want and never give it to somebody else. That's not what the word of God is about. It's about sharing it with somebody else. We find this great fishing enterprise. Peter, James, and John, they had a great fishing enterprise going on. But the thing about fishing is they used the net and they didn't use hooks. So when you use a net, that means they didn't fish by themselves. They had to fish together. That's what the church has to do. We have to fish together. It's not the pastor's task to fish by himself. We have to grab hold of the net and we all throw it together. So they had this great fishing enterprise. But another thing about fishing and the story as it goes, when you fish, you fish and the fish die. But when you fishing for man, they live. Oh God, yo, yo, yo. That's what God wants us to do. Fish for men so that they can live, have life eternally. We gotta launch out into the deep. Launch out into the unsafe areas that we don't want to travel through. Because that's where the fish are. That's where the fish are. I'm sorry. That's where the fish are. But if you're willing to just sit and sit and sit. We all are gifted. Don't lose your gift. Don't lose your godly gift that God has given you from just sitting because you tried it before, but you didn't take Jesus. There's the difference. We must take the Lord with us. We must pray before we go. Amen. And I'm not telling you to go alone. Peter, James, and John fished together. So it's enough folk up in here. Well, let me, let me do it. It's enough folk up in here. Yeah, okay, okay. That we can go out and fish together. Yeah. Every one of us in here has a story. Am I right about it? Everybody in here has a story. Some of you ain't never told your story. Fred, what's somebody gonna say? Who cares? Because we all got a story. A amen? Every one of us got a story. 
But somebody needs to hear your story. Someone out there needs to hear your story because your story is the truth. And then when you begin to share God's truth because you are honest with them, you're launching out in the deep. They'll come in. They'll come in, church. They'll come in. And I'm so glad this morning. I'm getting ready to take my seat. But I am so glad this morning that Jesus Christ died for me. I'm so glad this morning. I, I don't know about you. But every time I think about Jesus, I, I have to get excited. Is there anybody in here excited about Jesus and what he's done in your life? You ought to praise him every time you come in God's house. Every time you get up out of your bed, you rise up and your feet hit the floor. You ought to be excited because God is giving you another day. You ought to look up and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving me another day. Another day I haven't seen. And if I'm allowed to see it pass, I'll never see it again. Is there anybody in God's house excited like I'm excited about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who went up to Golgotha. They laid him on an old tree, put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head. And when they raised him up, all the weight of the sins of the world fell on his shoulders. Your sins, my sins, everybody's sins pierced him in his side. But I'm so glad the story didn't end there. For after he gave up the ghost, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And on that first, that first appointed Sunday morning, he got up. He got up with all power. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Just like he said he would. And you know what? He didn't leave you powerless. No, saints, he didn't leave you powerless. You got some power. You got some power. So we got to get out of here. No, not because it's almost time for the service to be over. But we got to move out of here. We got to move, church. Come on. It's folk out there that don't know Jesus in the pardoning of their sins. And they just need to hear a story that you've been holding on to. You didn't want to share it with nobody. We need some young adults in the church. There's some young folk in the church. Somebody's got to carry this on. Amen? Yeah, somebody's got to carry this on. Yeah. Yeah, 90 plus years. That's young. That's young. But somebody's got to carry the message on. Beside the pastor. Yeah. So that's what we're supposed to do. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you. 
and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.